rolling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on this week. We have coach Chris Kivit. Chris is a coach at Freak Strength, but he is also a manager and coach at Evolve in Westchester, New York. Um, Chris, what kind of what kind of people do you end up training at Westchester at Evolve? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me. This is a, a true honor for sure to be around such great company. Um, what we do mostly at Evolve is what I do at Freak Strength, and that's deal with adults and adult level fitness. Um, and it's something that I've really grown a passion for. I love working with adults just as any coach would love working with athletes or, you know, a specific population. Um, and what we do really is what I try and do at Freak Strength as well is take them through basically soup to nuts from diet to exercise to planning to scheduling um, and really just talk about everything that goes into a good fitness and health and wellness regime to where some of these people don't even think about some of these things when they're starting something up. Um, so it's really a one-stop shop from, yeah, we have fitness, but we also have recovery. We have sauna, we have cryotherapy, we have uh, cryotherapy localized as far as like knees, elbows, um, joints. So we really, really try to create a one-stop shop and a total 360 degree approach for all your wellness needs. Is Evolve a franchise or is it like a private gym? No, uh, we are a private. We're a one of one. Um, we took over from a former existing gym. And the story behind it is actually an adult that came to the former gym, which was mostly an athlete style gym um, to where we did baseball players, volleyball players, all that good stuff. He just loved the space and he ended up when the, the previous owner was in a little bit of financial trouble, wanted to get out and do something different, he ended up just buying it and he didn't want to see it closed and basically kind of uh, built it from the ground up and rebranded, rebuilt. And that's what we are today. So your background, how did you, how did everything start up? You, you did, you did the basic strength conditioning background where you did a GA Yep. And that was at LIU, right? You were a college Correct. baseball player, and then you Correct. did did the LIU route for strength conditioning. What That's was your correct. What was your undergraduate major, and what was your uh, graduate? So my undergrad was exercise phys, and my graduate was coaching and conditioning. I wanted to double up, but my advisor was like, eh, "It's really not that different from one to two. So why don't you get like a different perspective and go more on the coaching and conditioning route?" Which I'm actually grateful for because we did do some you know, coaching style classes within school that helped me develop kind of my style, my routine. And I'm sure we'll get into everybody's style as this podcast goes on, but that's where you start to kind of hone your skills and find what you're really passionate about and how you like to coach. So from there, I did an internship, which with the, uh, with ML strength, which was the former gym that we, we took over. Um, and I thought I wanted to go down the road of athletics. And I, again, being a former athlete, I lived and breathed everything athletics. Then there was kind of like a, a shift where I was getting ready to leave ML strength and I went into physical therapy and I started to kind of dabble with the adults a little bit. And I just found an absolute passion for them. I really, I enjoy them. They enjoy me, and it's just been a very, very fruitful relationship pretty much ever since. Not that I don't love athletes, 
I just love adults a little bit more, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I well, love athletes. I respect them tremendously. I, I, I totally respect what, you know, Brooker does, what Mike does, what Ryan does down at the gym. But I, I feel like I created my own niche with the adults and I just, I can't get enough of them. I mean, it's so clear that you love what you're doing because you are the hype man, if I've ever seen one, you know. Well, like I your freaking adults class is just awesome. Just the energy that you bring in and the guys obviously love it. I mean, you have such a good, um, you know, your repeat customers are awesome within your adult class. And, you know, that speaks volumes on you, Chris. So it's good to see because it's definitely, you can view it from outside in that you're really enjoying what you're doing with these guys. So, you know what? I, I, I knew that that's something that I held true to myself is to enjoy what you do. And Mike and I have had several discussions on it. You know, uh, one most recently, we both kind of were having a heart to heart. And it's just something that do we make, you know, tens of millions of dollars? No, but we make a good living for ourselves. We have the freedom and the power to help people and also enjoy and actually enjoy what we do. I mean, Mike doesn't wear shoes to work. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? I wear, I wear sweatpants and, and a, a t-shirt and, you know, try and keep some, you know, type of professional feel to it. But again, you find your own niche and you find your own enjoyment out of what you do. Mike likes the acupuncture. I know you enjoy the recovery and the sauna. I just enjoy motivating people. It's something that I love to do. And I think I have a, uh, a way about me that it comes across very genuine because you could be a good motivator and not be genuine about it. It'd be like, rah, rah, you're almost like a cheerleader. But when you're motivating and genuine at the same time, that's when you start to build your tribe and you start to build your following. And I think one of the big things that I enjoy about our program at Freak Strength is, I was talking with Mike about it, even through a pandemic, we didn't really lose many people. I mean, one here or there that were a little anxious to come to the gym, but you brought up repeat customers. I've had the same customers for five years. So the length of the entire program. Um, so that's uh, something that I think speaks volumes in and itself is they know me, they trust me, and they know what I'm bringing to the table pretty much week in and week out. It hasn't changed in five years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Chris, Chris was after ML strength. So, so just so everyone's aware, Chris uh, was training high level athletes, you know, professional baseball players, college baseball players, high school baseball players. I, I, and I shouldn't just say baseball players, uh, athletes across the board. Yeah. We had a great program. I mean, we had a couple swimmers go to, um, army, go to Navy. Um, and it was mostly high school. I won't lie. We had some college and we had some pro guys, but again, we did have a good athlete population. And I would say it was 85% athletes and 15% adults. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and when Chris, Chris had first started coming to the gym uh we were we were discussing like you know maybe another location if the adult crew blew up more whatever and and i mean the the interesting thing about me and chris is we both went down the same exact path we both yeah. had you know another location that we were at originally then we both ended up having to fucking leave just because of the way things turned out and then we had to go off on our own whether we liked it or not and neither of us had any interest at all in owning a facility. I asked Chris, he goes, fuck no. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want the headache. Like he's, he, he's seen all the bullshit that's, that's associated with it. And we just, we just love coaching, you know? So that's, 
Yeah, it's it, and and watching Chris do his thing with with the adults, it is entertaining as fuck. He yeah. lo- I mean, when when he first came in and started doing the adults, this motherfucker would do a double shot of espresso and come in like he was cracked out. I did it because I enjoyed it, not because I needed it. <laughs> but um, what? Well, I think you should you should uh, tell the listeners, Mike. I mean, we go way back before that. I mean, we were you know freshmen in high school, and I think we always had a profound uh, respect for each other. We would cross each other's path here and there, and. I always respected you in high school for being an athlete on the field and being a, you know, an awesome talent on the baseball field. And then when we got into, um, you know, strength and conditioning and you went more the DeFranco route and I was at ML strength with Dana, um, we, we would follow each other from afar and we just, you know, would comment back here, you know, back and forth here and there. And I think that kind of touches on the power of like just staying in touch and just, you know, really building good foundations and good relationships. And Mike and I always had a great, great foundation that we built when we were hitting in the cages for hours on end. And I think we always had that mutual respect. And when it finally came time to maybe do something together, it was no question. It was like, well, all right, how do we make this work? And I won't lie. I was scared as all get out to start because I didn't even know if anybody was going to show up to class. And Mike basically said to me, don't worry. I got you. I won't let it fail. And here we are five years later. We just celebrated our five-year anniversary through a pandemic, through doing Zoom boot camps. We moved the entire program onto the computer. And I couldn't be more grateful and I couldn't be more happy with where we've gone and what we've done. But I think it's such a tremendous testament to just build a small relationship and keep fertilizing it as long as you go. And then that's where I met you, Brooker, when you came into the gym. And I was like, man, you want to talk about surrounding yourself with just dudes, you know, between Mike, Brooker, Ryan, Pat. It was just an awesome atmosphere and I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I would come down at 4.30 in the morning to work out, go to work, and then come back at 7 o'clock to teach the adults. And again... Not because I needed espresso, because I loved doing what I did. <laughs> I mean, so you're so so the adult group. So you said it's all going online now. So is it still in person? But you're also like that's a know. good question. So we actually, I'm, and again, I always believed in trying to offer as much as I could. So I am in person, but now I set up my computer at the class, and I still have some people that are at home. Um, whether it's a comfort thing, a vaccination thing, whatever the case is, no worries. I'll just set it up. I'll stream the class live from the gym and you can follow along at home. And, um, you know, we've, we've done a nice job of just keeping people in the loop and keeping people in the know. And I think that's so important is when you keep these people active and entertaining and it's, they will follow you and, and trust you. And that's all we've done. And it's, you know, we were at, a, at one point we were outside, we couldn't go in the building. Yeah. So I literally would come 45 minutes early to class and pick up just equipment and bring it out, bring it back in. And that's not, it's not in a way that I'm being braggadocious. It's just, I wanted them to have an outlet because quite frankly, it was my outlet. So when we could meet outside and do something outside, I thought, 
well, I'm going to put as much effort and energy into this as I would just as a, you know, in a normal class setting. What you said about, you know, really focusing on, on building community and foundational relationships and stuff. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air because so many people nowadays are so focused on being famous online that they're forgetting that. I think the real success is being like a hero in your community. You know what I mean? Like there's a very big difference between those two, um, those two targets. And I mean, if you've got it, that you're over delivering with everybody there, they know that you care about them. You're always the same in terms of you bringing high quality exercise with, you know, motivation and good energy. All they're going to do is they have to say it to one friend and they're not going to just tell one person. They're going to tell multiple. And then that's how you can grow organically. And you've always got like-minded people coming into your group. So how big is the group now? Uh, We have a strong, uh, a group of like 20, 25, I would say. Uh, We've whittled down to with the pandemic 15, but I would say any given time, any given month, we could have 20 to 25 members. And it's been that way since we started. Again, it's a very small, small group, but it's been the same 25 for the five years. And, and I appreciate them like there's no tomorrow. Um, But you did touch on something very, very important in the sense of community. And I, I, I hold this as a truth. I think everybody looks up to us in a way. And I think we have to be excellent role models for our community. Um, You know, with Mike, I see the way he takes care of his professional guys. With Ryan, I see the way he takes care of his, you know, his soccer girls. And I do the same thing with the adults. And I think the bottom line is, is everybody wants to be coached in one way or another. Everybody looks to us for advice to be kind of that expert in the field. Granted, there are some things that we don't know, and that's okay. We, we search for the answers. We do our research, whatever the case is. But I think we oftentimes don't give ourselves the credit of being such strong role models, not only for kids, but adults alike, because we're providing them information on how to get to someplace maybe they want to go and or someplace that they've never, ever been before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such, such a powerful thing because... You know, there's nothing in more, in my opinion, seeing an adult lose 50 pounds and fit into her wedding dress. Those are, those are my goals. Mike's goal is seeing, you know, Chris Hogan or Brandon Marshall, you know, run a 4-4 or, you know, Kevin Love staying healthy for an entire season and, and you know, making the Olympics, making all NBA, whatever the case is. So we all have different goals. But at the end of the day, I'm quite sure that Chris Hogan and Kevin Love have an element of they look up to Mike in a way and where my adults look up to me and it's something I, I don't take for granted. And I, and as the moment you do, that's when you start to lose people. So there's one thing I want to touch on. Uh, a lot of people getting into this industry and, and, and this is, this is a big reason why I wanted, I wanted to have you on is because Chris has he has the resume to do what he wants to, to work in. Uh, I mean, how many, you've gotten a handful of minor league job offers, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Had, a couple, I had a couple um, guys come knocking at the door. Just, it just wasn't for me. And it's not to say it's not for everybody. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not that he can't do it. He chooses not to train the athletes and it's a conscious decision. Even when, when, when you guys started up uh, evolve, I say, you can do athletes. You're like, fuck no. We're going to stick with adults. We're going to crush the adult population. Like if athletes want to come in, yeah, we'll do it, but we're going to focus on the adults. 
And too many people, too many, I, I think too many coaches think that athletes is the way to go. Oh yeah. I think I want to work with athletes. Every young kid coming out of college wants to work with athlete, athletes. And, and the fact of the matter is, well, yeah, I have a, uh, an impressive clientele from a professional standpoint, but like, I don't give a fuck who I train. Uh, you know, Cushing, Cushing had texted me years ago and he said, uh, would you want to train Ryan Fitzpatrick? And I says, I, I didn't know who the fuck that was. I said, as long as he's not a cunt, I'll train just about anyone. You know, I, I don't care. So many people think that there's a difference between training uh, Brandon Marshall and the soccer mom and this and that. Like, I, there's no difference. You know, right. like you talk the same bullshit. That's a, it's, it's the same conversation. It might be a little bit more in depth with some of the stuff that I do with B Marsh and, you know, rehab sometimes or whatever the fuck it is. But like, other than that, training is training. And, you know, as long as it doesn't make a fucking difference to me. Yes, I agree. Um, I think where a lot of young coaches get caught up is the sexiness of training athletes um, to where, in my opinion, and Mike, and Brooker, please feel free to jump in. But I think you build a business on your general population and your adults. And then once you've built that business, and Mike, we've talked about this. It's like, how cool is the adult program when they come in and they're doing their warmups and Brandon Marshall's walking out the door? And it's like, well, wow, I train at the same place that Brandon Marshall does. This must be great. But I think what happens is, is we want to go after the big fish before we, before we get fed with all the small fish. And it's not to say that adults are small fish, big fish, whatever the case is. But I think in relevance to building a business, you have to build your base. And what I found is the adults are your base because really there is no off season for adults. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the off season for adults is made, if it, there is one is maybe two weeks at, and we've kind of just experienced it with Labor Day and the start of school. That's really their off season and it's, they're busy with their kids, job, whatever. But I mean, I think, I, I think one of the biggest things for coaches alike is when these players are in season and Mike has had headaches beyond belief as well, my hand, I, I don't see you every day because you're obviously doing your job, but you know, not only am I not seeing you, I could be losing potential income, but I'm also worried about your well-being because I'm not seeing you. I know what I do is, is right and is, and is good, but for me, building this place, I knew I had to focus on people that would come pretty much every day and or every month, uh, multiple times a month. And that, to me, is the way you build. Now, when you get to where Mike is or where yourself is, where yourself is Brooker, you can command a certain you know, clientele that walks in just based upon your resume. But I would urge people in the beginning and starting off is to start off with maybe the general population, build a sound business, a sound community, a sound gym. And then once the athletes start coming in because you know, they either see what you're doing on Instagram or you know, word of mouth, um, that's when you start to, the cherry on top and you start to pile on. But I've had great success with the adults. I mean, we have a, up here, it's a little bit bigger than Freak Strength. We have a strong population of about 100, 115. Um, and that was too during a pandemic. I mean, we experienced the same things up here that I did at Freak Strength where, you know, you're dealing with so many different personalities that some people are going to come back. Some people aren't going to come back. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I, again, 
the adults to me have been my bread and butter. And to Mike's point, it's not that I can't train athletes. It's just, I chose my niche and I love my niche and I'm going to keep doing what, what's working for me. Why go away from something that works for me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I think that's, I, I, I really like that a lot. Um, and it, it's, I've, I've had this conversation with multiple coaches too. Every coach wants to train the MLB guy. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, I, I, I should be working with professional professional athletes. Like I'm, I'm the best hitting coach in the country or I'm, I'm the best pitching coach in the country. I see. Yeah. Well, you think about it, but there's a 26 man roster, right. In the MLB. So there's 30 teams in the MLB times 25. I mean, that's, that's 600, 600 guys in the MLB and maybe you'll fluctuate up and down 12, maybe 1200 major league baseball players in the country at any given time for the most part. There's, you know how many people play T-ball? A million kids sign up for T-ball every fucking year. Why not just be the world's best T-ball coach? And, charge everyone a fucking dollar you'll be way better off than training a handful of big leaguers you know i i people people everyone it's it's like people that just want to train pros i don't i don't care who i train i can't stress that enough i don't give a fuck if you pay me my rate i like i'm a whore pay me my rate like you you know like it it is what it is i'll work with just about anyone as long as you're not a pain in my ass um and even then i'll still stomach it but well, again, I think what happens, Mike, is I think we all get caught up in the sexiness of it all. I yeah. mean, everybody's looking for that big name athlete to headline their gym or headline their training program. And or even taking it a step further, you have now you have said headline athlete and I'm doing a movement that could be maybe controversial. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the dynamic stuff that gets taken out of context when it becomes you know, sports specific. And it's just like, you know, really again, and and this is touching on another topic, which I'm sure we can dive into. It's just like, really, you don't need to get down the road of standing on a BOSU, holding a kettlebell upside down and, you know, holding one leg up. Like what you need to present with these people. And this is what something I preach with the adults is consistency, 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 consistency is we're going to train hard. We're going to train smart, but it, we can train hard and smart for eons, but if you only come one time a month and you're getting that hard and smart attitude, it's not going to go very far. Mm-hmm. So the consistent work of, okay, hey, my schedule, and this is something that I, I really love about my job is, is it's not only the X's and O's on the field or on the turf, it's also the X's and O's off the field. So what I do up here and what I do um, at Freak Strength is they get a text from me pretty much every day. Hey, who's coming? And I mark down who's coming down pretty much every day. And if I see the same names, okay, these are, these are good. And then when I don't see names for a certain time period, hey, where are you? What's going on? Talk to me. And I think it also, it establishes a level of communication, but it also establishes a level of accountability. And it also establishes trust. Like, hey, like, oh my God, he notices when I'm not there. And it's just like, you know, I think a lot of times where people feel left out or intimidated is because people don't notice when they're not there or, oh, I'll skip it today. And it's, I'm just another number at a big gym or, you know, I'm just another, just another average athlete. And I think what we do well, not only at Freak Strength, but also Evolve is, is we notice those people when they don't come in and it's just like, dude, where are you? And we talk about it and we, and 
how can we make this more fruitful for you? Let's figure out a schedule. Let's figure out a regime. And I think that oftentimes goes overlooked because you could be the best coach in the world, but if your people aren't coming in, who really cares how much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I struggle with that big time. I, uh, (laughs) with, with my pro guys, if my pro guys aren't coming in, like I'll text them off the hook. But when my kids, my kids don't come in, like I'm like, ah, they don't fucking want it. They'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> I just and fucking leave, something, I leave I mean, it alone. Yeah, I get it. And and that's true. But for me, that's, you know, that's, and this is to be as blunt as possible. That's my, that's my check every month. And if they yeah. don't come in, I'm not getting a check every month. So, I, it, yeah. you know, I really, I can't afford to let people slack off. Uh, yeah. And money is not the driver. Their ultimate goals are the driver, but it's got to be a part where you make it a, you know, you make it a consistent effort to come in. But, and it's certainly the smarter way in terms of, you know, for your, you know, increasing them coming back, you know, them knowing that you're caring, you're putting in the effort to also listen to them slightly. And as you said, I mean, like, well, but it's like Buddy's quote, right? No one cares yeah. what you know until they know you care. And then that's it. I mean, you gotta know, they got to know you adults. care. Yeah, and, and like you said, they, they're not used to also like, I mean, think if they're working a job and their whole life satisfaction probably isn't, I mean, not many people are living like their best life or however right. you want to call it. So Which you showing that you caring, best life. you showing that you're caring and they're coming in and they're, they're doing this extra, they've got to come in after work, you know, it's, it takes a lot of energy and effort and they could be doing other things. So as long as they, you know, the fact that they know that you're on them too, it, it's going to, it's, it's always going to end up being a good thing. But I, I'm like Mike, personally, of course, theoretically, it makes sense to do what you're doing. But I'm also, I'm not the best at that. Unless it's, I know someone's probably more skimping out because of something that they need to start delving into, you know? If it's just laziness, yeah. I'm just... I, mean, I don't know. I just, I, I think, you know, the, the level of care has to be up there, especially sometimes for the adults. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, sometimes for the adults that the gym can be super, super intimidating. And that to me has always been a sensitive subject because I was always the kid that even in high school, I was always the kid that was trying to lend a helping hand to um, maybe not some of the, not some of my better teammates and make them better. So I kind of have a soft spot when it comes for that. And I never wanted anybody to feel intimidated. And, you know, Mike does a great job. Brian does a great job. And I feel like when we have new people come in, the best thing you could do is just shake their hand and introduce yourself and kind of introduce them to others in the gym and get them feeling comfortable. Um, but, you know, the level of care starts right when they walk in the door. And I think the point being is, is they are looking to you for a successful wellness regime for me, essentially, you know, Mike has different goals. Ryan has different goals with their athletes. But for me, a lot of these people are looking to not only, you know, probably lose weight, fit better into their clothes, but overall create a lifestyle change. The lifestyle is really what we attack with the adults. And that's, again, everything from scheduling to eating habits to working out and how they're working out. And a lot of them don't even realize it, that they're doing very high level stuff within, you know, their exercise regime that the same thing Mike and Ryan are doing and they're 40 and 50 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I, part of my, part of my classes, 
you know, they do the same slams. They do the same box jumps as any athlete would. And I think they really amaze themselves, but I also think they really start to trust themselves because I think I had one injury in five years and that wasn't even a, a class injury. It was just a pre-existing that finally went on the guy. And it was, we, it actually just happened. He had his, he had his shoulder repaired. Um, but I think once you, you, you give them a level of care, you let them know that they're not going to hurt themselves. I think that's so, so important. And it holds the same thing for athletes. There's so many parallels, but um, it is important. It is truly, truly important to that level of care. With, with the current climate, and obviously we're now we're seeing this massive push to the digital economy. Right. And if you're going to start, you know, trying to compete with people on price and stuff like that, it's going to really be hard because you just need such a huge volume of things. And so now you're seeing also yeah. very cheap online training stuff, etc. Yep. And that's going to only continue to increase. And I feel like now, as time goes on, the people that have the money and the time and their situation it's available to them. There's this whole experience economy that's going to come. And right. I think it's going to be even more important as you were saying, you know, well, getting... what's interesting is I think a lot of times the fitness industry in itself goes through trends. So you're going to have a trend of maybe it was a crash diet or maybe it was, you know, um, you know, the, 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 now the online training, and I think what's going to happen is, is yeah, you're going to have your people that stick to the Pelotons of the world and, you know, the online coaching. But I think once we start to emerge from this lockdown of COVID, whether you agree or disagree, people are going to want to start to get back into that relationship of coming to the gym and working with somebody that they trust and working with somebody that they know has an overall um, good idea of, you know, their wellness and their goals. Um, because I think people are quite frankly, as some of my people that have come back to the gym, they're like, I was tired of sitting at home. I was tired of looking at the same four walls. I was tired of the same dumbbells. Quite frankly, I was tired of looking at my husband and or dog. And I needed that sense of community. And when you build a good sense of community, it's like, oh man, I can't wait to get back to this because this is normalcy for me. You know, when this first, when this thing happened, Mike and I were talking and it's just like, wow, we're totally out of our element. He, I felt like a caged animal. I didn't know what to do. I was literally, I would come down to the gym and just go for walks and text my people and say, you know, this was back early on when we didn't know, you know, right from wrong. I would say, Hey, let's go for a walk. You can stand, you know, a half a mile in front of me, but at least we're together, you know, so we're, we're not getting sick, whatever the case is. But, you know, I do think it's going to come back around. Obviously you'll still have your people that swear by the that home workouts and that's fine whatever works for them i'm a proponent of movement obviously if you're moving you know if you're moving and you're you know you're doing your thing who am i to say what you're doing is wrong mm -hmm. but if you want a good community if you want a relationship that's where you need to start kind of getting back into the flows of what was you know before covid and before lockdowns i mean how have you guys seen and have how has it been you know for you brooker i mean you're in a totally different country and for us it's been mike would you say probably the worst of the worst if you will i yeah. mean i think our ours have been so so tight to where you know there was a point where i was coming up to evolve and i called it the underground we were doing workouts that were yeah. illegal like we would we would block out the doors and people would knock on the back door to come in i mean mike mm -hmm. was doing the same thing so 
you know, what are some of the things that you've done, Brooker, as far as that goes? Well, I mean, I was quite lucky because I've got the my gym in my house down in the basement. Okay. So people were still able to come in. I mean, yeah, at the beginning as well. You're not really meant to be doing it, but we managed to keep going. And then whatever stuff that, because I couldn't travel and go into, you know, Zurich and stuff, I did a lot of things online too. So it never really slowed down or stopped for me. But then I just saw how important it really is to make the ones that are interested in doing it. Right. You get the experience as good as possible. Like, I'm so glad I invested a bit, really kitted out the basement and made it. The full it looks works, awesome, you know? by the way. I see videos. Thank you very much. Like, it's like, you. man, like you, you can tell when somebody really puts some thought into it and the way it's set up is just, it's awesome, man. It, and it looks like, it generally looks like the guys that are training with you are having not only success, but they're having legitimate fun training with you. And I was like, man, I, I was like, I kind of want to hop a plane and get out there and get, <laughs> get, get, get in get in those those cold tubs and the sauna and and doing the biking in the sauna i never would have thought someone would have biked in the sauna but here you right. are killing it <laughs> right well thank you yeah and i mean for me the big you know it's so easy to lie to yourself about stuff right like and yeah, but the fact that people travel an hour and a half to two hours each way sometimes to come that's the testament to to what I've been able to do. But I think it's really because I started to look, I remember when we spoke to Gunnar Peterson and he was like, a few alarm bells went up. He's like, you go to a hotel, a five-star hotel, there's a certain standard that you expect with everything. So then I just started looking at everything from this kind of angle. If I want people to come in and as soon as they're here to be impressed with the whole setup and, you know, how does it need to go? Like I need to make sure like the floor is a certain way and all of the details in the decorations. All right. And, have everything laid out so it really is that people can come in and be like wow i've not just kind of come to a guy and some cowboy and he's got like a you know some rusty plates and an old bar and i'm expecting to pay top dollar for it i was like no i want to make it the whole thing sort of smooth you know and um so but i i really think that this is opening up a whole other door mate and where you guys live you're it's such such a populated area right of course some of like, say like the total gym market. Yeah, sure. A bunch of people are going to go and never get back involved in it for whatever reason, because yeah. there's cheaper options or more convenient options or whatever. Yeah. But the ones that have the money and have the time and really are interested in doing it, I think that it, there's an amazing opportunity right now to offer an even greater experience and get people locked in. One of yeah. the things I wanted to ask is, is it, your community of people that you have, is it only training or have you started doing other stuff as well as, as a group? Like, have you, have you thought about, do you do any dinners or do you do anything like group bike rides or group hikes? It's, or it's, it's so interesting. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but what, you said something that really resonated with me as far as treating it almost like a five-star, um, you know, hotel. And I think it's so, it's such a great talking point. Um, that's how we, the concept of Evolve came around is, is we wanted to be like this small boutique, um, you know, gym to where no detail was left unnoticed. And, you know, Mike will tell you, it's, I'm a very detail oriented guy to where you have to notice the smallest things. Like you have to notice even when a band is out of place or and it's in the wrong area. And working with Mike, it's taught me to kind of, how do I best put this? Without it. <laughs> Relax. 
<laughs> it's taught me how to relax a little bit because when something was out of place and I would go to Mike and be like, Mike, that's, it's wrong. It's out of place. No. He'd be like, dude, whatever. And I would and I'd be like, what do you mean? Whatever. Like, that's not the acceptable answer I was looking for. So it did teach me to relax. And, I, and, and in turn, I hope it taught him too. like, Hey, you know, the level of cleanliness, especially during a pandemic has got to be up, um, you know, things in place. So where, you know, you're sharing with other coaches, they know exactly where to go, but you touched on being a five, you know, a five-star hotel. And I, and, and I try and treat that place here. And I try and treat the same thing with Mike's gym. I mean, I, I know I'm not there all hours of the day, but if I take something out, I put it back. And if I, you know, if something's sweated up, I clean it up. Um, and it's really helped because now you start to notice all these little intricacies and same thing with the adults. You'll have guys that are, you know, CEOs of companies, Fortune 500 companies. You'll have top lawyers that they expect a level of detail and a level of service to where just as where, you know, the athletes expect you to be on your game as fine tuning. Some of these guys that come in, they expect the floors to be immaculate to the point you can eat off of them, the showers to be bleached and steamed, towels to be out. And it's just a different level of service. And it's actually something that I enjoy to do because it's part of my job. It's part of my passion for helping people is, is also to give them that level of service. Um, but now to touch on your next point. So once we got everybody back, I, I have two mics in my life. I have a mic at Evolve and I have a mic at Freak Strength. My mic at Evolve and I, we talked about doing, you know, some more community-based stuff to where we're actually going to get ready to do uh, our, our annual costume workout where everybody comes down in costume and does their workout, which I think is really, really cool. And then we're going to cool. do an Evolve night where we all get together as a group. You know, obviously, again, dealing with, you know, people who are comfortable with going out and whatever and, and all that. We're going to go out. We have a couple little, you know, hotspots, if you will, up here in Westchester to, you know, again, promote community. And I've done this at Freak Strength to where we had, you know, we had an adult, uh, adult Freak Strength Christmas party. Um, and those things are so important, especially when you're building community. Because again, people just want to feel a part of something. If you, you do all these extra things, yeah, you know, you can look at them as time consuming and, you know, you're breaking your back to, to run down and go get paper plates for the Christmas party. But I can't tell you, like, our folks, like, still talk about the Christmas party and the stuff that we did and still talk about the Super Bowl parties that we did. And they want to feel a part of something and they want to feel a part of a tribe. And that at the base of humanity is what everybody is after is feeling a part of something, feeling community, feeling welcomed. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be in business very long. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do the extra stuff, you know, the Super Bowl parties, the, you know, the, the early morning walks or, you know, the, the late night, you know, texting where, hey, you probably shouldn't be eating this and you're, you know, you're still with them, but you're not with them. It's all those extra things that build a whole. And I believe in it firmly. So that's a, that's an excellent point as far as like doing the community stuff, but you got to be willing to put in the work and you got to be willing to go outside your comfort zone and say, man, it's a Friday and I've worked all week but I know it'll probably go a long way if, you know, I stay late for this person that needs to reschedule a, se a session or it's a Sunday morning and this person really needs to get in because he's traveling this week. So you got to be pliable. You got to be flexible.
but you also have to be willing to do the dirty work to bear the fruit of that dirty work. And it's something that I feel like oftentimes goes overlooked because a lot of coaches are like, ah, oh, I'm too good for that. Or I've reached a certain level of I'm too good for that. And I don't believe you're ever too good for stuff like that because it's not a coach and client thing. It's just being a good person. It's, mm. I enjoy, I enjoy being a good person, not only to my colleagues, but to my, to my adults. And I think the more good people that we have, it starts to spread like a wildfire because now we're building community, not only with our clients, but we're building community with other coaches. And I think this is something that in the field of strength and conditioning doesn't get said enough is we have to be able to talk amongst our colleagues and ask questions and be able to be open to questions and open to feedback. And I feel like oftentimes it's like, oh, well, I'm going for CEUs. Well, you could get the same CEUs if you just ask the question to the guy sitting next to you that may be doing something a little bit differently. Like I remember when I first started at Freak Strength, I was, I felt like I was almost Mike Shadow. Like, hey, what'd you do there? Would you like talk to me? What, like what, how, like what, why? And Granted, Mike and I had pretty similar resumes and I have my master's degree. I, I technically have more education than Mike. I have my master's degree, but it doesn't mean anything really. I, I still wanted to learn as much as he knew or approach it in a different way. And I think once we lower those barriers, that's when it starts to become, like I said, a wildfire where it's like, there's so much knowledge and there's so much, hey, I know a guy, you could go here. I know a guy, you could come here. And we have so much meaningful conversation. And I think we need to have more of that. And that's why I'm so excited to obviously do a podcast or even, you know, link up through Instagram. It's like, hey, like, what did you like? Talk to me about the bike in the sauna. What you, what did you find out with that? Like, how did that go? And I think we just have to be open to having that meaningful conversation because it not only benefits us as coaches, but it benefits our clients in the long run. Brooker, have you ever been to Evolve? No. Dude. It is fucking pretty. It is. It sounds nice the way he's describing it. It is, it is so fucking nice. Like they did. You want to know what? So Mike actually, so Mike has been to Evolve. And I'll tell you what, I tell you how Mike has been to Evolve. We had our grand opening party. And when this thing kind of started to take legs and started to take shape, I remember having a conversation with Mike. And this is just the type of person I am. I said, Mike, I need to talk to you about something. And we went for a walk around the facility. And I said, Mike, I'm going to take a job at my old gym up in Westchester. Are you okay with that? Because I didn't want to step on any toes and I value our relationship first. And if he wasn't okay with it, chances are we might not be here today because I valued our relationship with Mike. But Mike being the guy he is, yeah, man, absolutely. Do what makes you happy. We'll figure it out one way or another. So that being said, we were having our grand opening. And this is, I don't think I ever told you this, Mike, and it meant the world to me because to have that level of support. He came up to the grand opening party, unannounced, didn't tell me he was coming, just basically showed up, wanted to see it, and took a genuine interest. And for that, I will ever be grateful because not only did he take an interest in what I was doing, one person may look at it and be like, well, why the fuck are you working at another gym when you have, you can go here and just do this. But he, he worked with me and I'll, always, always remember that. And that's one of the most things I think that I can say is that in testament to Mike is he generally takes not only an interest in his players, but his coaches as well. I mean, shit, I've grown up through freak strength. I mean, I bought my first car. I've met my wife. 
I got married and now I have a little one all through the five years that I've been at Freak Strength. And if, any, if, if I can be a sounding board for anybody, it is possible and it is real to build these types of relationships. And quite frankly, I don't know if I'll ever leave Freak Strength. I have, I have people that joke, that joke around with me that say, well, you have me now till, you're, till I'm 75. And I say back to them, well, till I'm 75 or until you're 75, because you're still with me until I'm 75. So it's, it's one of those deals that it's, it's so important to do the little things. And that was a little thing that Mike did that just went such a long way with me. And, it, and it's just something that I'll always remember. I'll always remember him walking through the front door and like, so this is it, huh? This is it. And we're just walking around and just we're more friends than anything. And we're, we're not, you know, colleagues at that point, we're friends. And that's important. It's important to support other coaches in that regard and other colleagues of yours. So uh, <laughs> he thinks I was being nice. I was fucking taking notes. <laughs> I was like, oh, so this is spying. This is, <laughs> yeah. I was like, so this is what a real gym looks like. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah, but, but you know what, though? Freak strength has its own aura. And that's something that I think you can't, you can't put a price on that. They have it, it's have its own aura, but you know, people enjoy coming down and feeling like they're an athlete again. And, you know, again, like I said, working along the side, the, the, the same side as like a Chris Hogan or something like that. And quite frankly, that's how I felt coming in as a new coach. I, I'll be honest. I was intimidated by some of the guys that walked in. I was like, who like, where do I even start? Like, I mean, here I, here I am coming off of, you know, I managed a gym in, in White Plains at the time. I was doing great, feeling pretty good about myself. And then, you know, he's got the likes of Chris Hogan walking in who, you know, I grew up with Chris and he's, he was an awesome dude. We always would kind of follow each other from afar. Um, we played against each other for the longest, but or like, oh my God, he played with Tom Brady. He won a Super Bowl. And before you know it, you're wrapped up in your thoughts. And and Mike like walks in with no shoes late. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, you could tell Chris is getting more annoyed by the second. I'm like, I don't know where he is, man. He he said he'd be here. I don't I don't know. So, <laughs> so you know, it's just like, but the point I'm trying to make is is not only was he so welcoming, but all the people around him, you know, were welcoming. They would all come up to them, you know, once it was established that I was going to be doing the adults, they all came up and introduced themselves and, um, you know, from top down. And, you know, I never like to bother the guys during the workout, but it's pretty cool when you walk in and, you know, Chris Hogan and Devin McCourty say hello to you. And it's just something like at a human level. Again, it doesn't need to be much more than that, but just a hello. How's it going? How you doing? I think it's pretty cool. And that's really, really something that Mike has established and something that's pretty awesome. So to be clear, I'm not late for any of my clients except Hogan. And that's because... <laughs> I think there's some ulterior motives with that. <laughs> and that's because I love fucking with them. <laughs> there, there are definitely some ulterior motives. But Mike is king of ish. So when we used to work out, I'd be like, Mike, all right, I'm going to be there at five o'clock. He was like, yeah, I'll be there five-ish. And again, I'm more detail-oriented, detail not than him. And I'm sure I don't want to make it sound that way. But 
if there's one thing I don't do is I don't do ish. It's, it's, if I'm going to be there at five, I'm going to be there at four fifty-five. I'm going to be there at five. It's not ish. And I got to say, I got to give you credit, Mike. It's something that I've learned to do. It's now it's more like, all right, let's meet between four and four fifteen, And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's more just kind of giving yourself that buffer zone. And I didn't understand why he was doing it until probably a couple of years down the road. But I mean, it's, it's, I think the one thing that I really value is being able to learn and being able to learn in an environment that's really welcoming. And I think it's, it's only getting started and it's only really kind of going to be blossoming from there because now there's a lot of different hurdles coming down the road. I mean, who knows what the effects of this pandemic has still left in store for us. I mean, for all we know, we might, we we could go into a second lockdown with a different variant or whatever. The vaccine's not good enough. We have no idea. And we have no idea what could be the result of these lockdowns. You know, every day, and this is why I try and shut off the news because every day I just get more and more depressed almost is like, Well, I know I'm just going to focus on my job and do my job to the best of my ability and let the noise outside kind of do its own thing. I know what I have to do as far as my family goes. I know what I have to do as far as my job goes. So I'm just going to concentrate on that. But it still remains to be seen what's what's going to come down the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's we, hard to find I, I won't go down this rabbit hole, but <laughs> we yeah. we could be in for normalcy or we could be in for a clusterfuck, but we'll be all right. I mean, we, with, know what? with what we have going on, man, like we'll, we'll be just fine. Absolutely. You know? And I think what we did was we were resilient in the beginning to where now, I mean, and I say this, I never, ever thought I would teach a entire boot camp on Zoom. I had the first week I did it, I had me up in the corner, just like we are here. And I had 11 other bodies on cameras and I'm literally like coming up to the camera. I'm like, all right, I, I think that's good. I, you know, you're moving. Everything's, everything looks good. We followed the same structure and routine as class. And what I tried to say, what I tried to do is guys, Hey, don't be intimidated by this. We're going to get through it. We're going to follow the same routine, same structure. You don't even need equipment. And I'll tell you why, as long as you move for 45, 50 minutes. Okay. By me. So you keep that level of engagement. Hey, and I had guys, I had guys working out on their back patios with a bag of charcoal as a weight. <laughs> you get creative. You got to figure out it's feast or famine. We were in this area of nobody knows really what's going on. But for us, our business is in person, in coaching. And all of a sudden the switch flips like that to where we first started out on Zoom. Then we're going to do... Um, underground workouts where nobody could know we're in the gym they got to come in the back you got to park in the back and then we're going to workouts with masks then we're going to workouts with vaccine mandates and it's just like been this never-ending i guess time if you will that it doesn't it always seems to bend and turn in a different way and i think again you want to talk about pliability we've been really pretty pliable to yeah. whatever has come down the chute mike i mean and brooker i mean you had the luxury of doing it in your basement but i'm sure there was a level of pliability to what you did as well uh, the fact that with all of the different obstacles that arose it shows that the product works yeah people tried really hard to get there you know not many 
not many other transactions that you do. I mean, imagine like, oh, someone, oh, it's not possible. Okay, well, I don't really yeah. give a shit anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> do you know? But yeah. the fact that people are willing to go and do that kind of stuff shows how good the product is. I think it's also too, it shows the level of care, not only that I had for them, but they had for me as well. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. Like people, people really went out of their way for us and it's, but again, like a, a guy like you, you do everything you can to make sure people feel good, are comfortable, that you're doing a good job for them, that you're helping them to the best of your ability when they're down, it reciprocates. Yeah. I mean, that's just fucking life. That is life. I mean, and a lot of times, and we saw it up here with Evolve, like people kept their memberships going and eh, the Zoom thing's not for me, but you know what? I believe in the gym. I believe I want to see you guys come out on the other yeah, end yeah. of this. So they would keep their memberships going and, well, I don't know how we're going to make this up. It's like, And they were like, Chris, don't worry about it. Like, I just want to see yeah. a place that I know and love and trust come out on the other end of this because you know, a lot of the bigger businesses were able to remain open to where I know in our area, a lot of the smaller mom and pop shops had to close down for one reason or another. And it, it, it honestly, it breaks your heart because you'd know, and I know, and Mike knows the level of dedication and what you put into something like this. Yeah. And then to have to give it up for something totally out of your control. You have no idea the level of just utter frustration it, 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 it gives somebody and it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, and, and for, for those of you that don't know, uh, New Jersey, where, where I was in New Jersey, where I am in New Jersey and where Chris was in New York were the two worst places in the country when all the shit went down. So it was, it was fucking mayhem. I mean, we were, we, we were closed for six months. We weren't <laughs> imagine like we, was were, it, was it six, we were closed for six months. Was it six months? It was six months, dude. We so it was the end of February. Man, I didn't close for a fucking day. I know. <laughs> I, I listen, I get you. I get you. But you want to know what? It got to a point. I, and again, I say we didn't. We closed. We physically closed. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. To be, And that's a good point, Mike. Like we physically closed down, but we weren't allowed to be in person until September first in New York. And September first? Is that what it was? When did we open up in Jersey? Was it? Was it? No, we weren't. We weren't it, allowed inside all summer. That's right. Yeah. We did everything fucking outside. But we were all outside. And Jeez, now I forgot about that, that. When we were allowed to open back up, limited people. Her, limited people. So Damn. you're closed for six months. You're not allowed to do business at all for six months. And then when you get back opened, you're only allowed to have, we were allowed to have 33% of people, how they derive that number. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I'm not here to go down that, that side of things, but imagine writing a business plan being closed for six months. And then the next six months, you're only allowed 33 people in the gym. Yeah. 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 It's fucking wild. I don't like, have to imagine, right? Like, <laughs> like I didn't have to imagine it. I just lived it and I yeah. just figured out a way to kind of come on the other side of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember telling people I worked double the hours for half the pay. That's how you yeah. do it. Yeah. Yep. Because not only are you doing that, so we were doing, you know, the online stuff and then, you know, coming down and doing the community walks and, you know, working out. And again, you don't realize how much stuff goes into it. I mean, I remember going down to the gym, going down to freak strength and 
literally spending an hour dragging equipment out and then sanitizing and wiping the fuck out of everything wiping the fuck out of everything and putting it down and then you know having to deal with waivers and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. all this stuff that you never thought you know you have to do maybe one time a year now becomes the normal i mean there was a time where we were having to fill out waivers pretty much every Every day. day Every day we had to fill out the surveys, all that shit. Yep. Dude, look, look, you go into the gym. My bars, my bars and my weights rust like a motherfucker now because yep. we just, we kept fucking spraying shit with either yep. like Clor- Clorox or any kind of antiseptic. You know, it's- <laughs> I, remember, I remember one time I sprayed the bands and Mike was like, whoa, 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 easy, Bubba. And I, I like literally, <laughs> I literally, there was a puddle on the ground. Not because I was not because I was afraid of you know this you know um, catching something, but I was like you know cautious, gotta spray, gotta spray, gotta spray. And Mike's like easy, that stuff's <laughs> all concentrated, brother. You gotta <laughs> bring it back a little bit. <laughs> well, like, we had we had we I had feel like, I got, like a loaded gun. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> we, we had bands like disintegrate and shit. I have spots all over my clothes from all the yep. fucking our stuff. The our stuff. We still I, I, have markings on the floor. And this is how this is how crazy things got. We still have markings on the floor to denote. All right, this is six yeah, foot from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, guys, if we can't figure out that we're not six feet or whatever, no, you legal. Is, we legally had to do shit. Correct. Yeah. You're right. Correct. But we still have. I forgot markings. about all this shit. And quite frankly, I don't know if I want to remove them because I want a constant reminder of where we came from. And just kind of like the peaks and valleys. And it's just like, man, at one point we had to dim the lights, black out the doors, <laughs> have no music on just to survive. Yeah. I mean, think about that just to survive. Again, feast or famine, it was survival. And we still ain't through this shit. And, but you know what, though, Bubba, we're doing the absolute best that we can, the best yeah. I've, and I think. To Brooker's point, I think it's going to be now that people trust the mom and pops and the micro gyms a little bit more than they do the equinoxes and the life and the lifetimes. Not saying they're not fantastic franchises, but we've gotten to a level of where people don't want to be around people. Yeah, the at-home workouts, stuff like that, the Pelotons, mm-hmm. and all that. But I think a lot, and one of the first questions that you know new prospective clients ask me when they come in the door. So what's the class size? How many people in here? How do you know, how do you do it? And you have to manage that and you have to be able to, you know, manage different personalities, manage different people. And I think if you can do that, you're going to survive. But I do think I am excited for the mom and pops that, you know, kind of have survived and hopefully continue to survive because I think there's going to be some, there's going to be some good trends on the other side of this. I really, really do. You know, the, when you were saying about, you know, we don't know what the future is going to bring. You ever heard the famous Jim Ron quote? He's like, I, I'm, the, I'm the only person that can predict the future. It's opportunity mixed with difficulty. Yeah. And it will always be that way. It, you know, listen, now and, and to that. Fuck point, you. <laughs> and to that, but to that point. So now we just had a meeting the other day is how do we make now the gym more adaptable to some of the online crowd do we put different cameras in do we do do we do like sensors to where the coach has the sensor and the camera angle just switches so again now you're starting to utilize 
this stuff that two, three years ago, you didn't think about. Like you had no idea that you were going to be teaching boot camps and one-on-ones and semi-privates online. But now it's a part of your business plan. And to your point, could be a good opportunity because I know for the adults, now what's really cool is, is I'll have some people go away on vacation and they're like, all right, cool. Like I have a guy in Scotland now mm-hmm. he's visiting his daughters and he's like, all right, cool. So um, Not I, got missing a workout. Yep. I got my TRX, I got my bands, I got my dumbbells. We're on for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? And I was like, absolutely. No excuses. It, I like that. That's cool. That is, you know, cool. it's, 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 it's cool. And it's, you know, Mike, it could be a good thing for you to check in and kind of, I know you can't physically be there, but you know, maybe the pro guys, Hey, like, listen, Let's let's hash it out. These motherfuckers don't want to see me any more than they fucking have to. (laughs) Yeah, and and I think one-on-one stuff, it's more, it's all, it's it's like a cheaper version of the real thing. Like I did a lot of one-on-one stuff, and yeah, you can do it when you need to do it. But the benefit of the online is that you can run it by scale, and let's just say like you can be selling those adults on. Look, rather than you've just got a package of subscriptions like you're paying for 20 sessions or 40 sessions or whatever now let's sign you up for six months regardless of where you're going right these classes are always on and you can always join in and look we can even provide you with all the material you would need which is the trx and the bands yeah as the holiday pack or they yeah. can rent it from you so in terms of like like as potential revenue streams you can actually use this to your 100%. advantage massively 100 percent, and it's it's not unreasonable. I mean, it's not Mm-mm. unreasonable to have a couple, you know, goodie bags, if you will, in the back of some equipment. You know, one of your one of your guys wants to go away on business or needs to go away on business. I should say, shouldn't even say wants to, needs to, but wants to keep up with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for once in a while. We're not going to make that the the meat and potatoes of the actual program, but it's it falls right back under the accountability and i and that was one of the biggest things that i feared with this whole thing is it's like you build up a population you build up a community but if you're not in the throes of it and meeting every day people will start to stray and yeah, and that's yeah. just that's yeah. just basic human nature it is what it is there's nothing you can do to control that but when we're you know kind of in it and everybody's got that accountability factor now the revenue streams start to stay true, you know, plus or minus standard deviation, maybe a couple thousand bucks, nothing that's going to break your back to where you're losing tens of thousands of bucks, yeah. but it's going to be able to be a viable business option. And for some, you know, what I've even thought about is, you know, say somebody moves away and doesn't have any, yeah. you know, any, like say, I, you know, say I like what you do you know, overseas and I want to stay with you, but, and you work out a price just based upon some online training, but you're still meeting, you're still doing the same thing. And it's again, opportunity. There's a lot of different opportunities that could, that what we thought was the fitness and wellness industry, it's going to take some different turns. I mean, I won't lie. I'm excited. I'm also nervous and see, you know, see, see what happens. All right, gents, I got to go to work. Let's end this. Chris, where can everyone find you? Uh, so you can find me on, uh, I have, we'll get into this our next time, but my, my Instagram handle is humbabe, H-U-M-B-A-B-E, under, underscore C-K. You can find me there. 
or I do, I do the uh, Sunday post on the Freak Strength uh, webpage. So if you want to find me there, I'll start to include my stuff there. Um, guys, it was a, it was an honest, honest pleasure to meet you. I, Booker, you are one handsome devil. Mikey, you know how oh, I feel about you. you. <laughs> um, and I, I, I can't wait to do this again. Thank you for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. You're right a classic, Chris. See you guys. Be well. Good luck too. Yeah, you too, buddy. You're the best.